So it's an NL full-time special. We sat here in the bar at AFC Fylde. We've just seen AFC Fylde against Telford. I'm Luke, and alongside me is Dickie. Hello, Dickie. Yeah, good evening, Luke. Well, I mean, good evening. <laughs> I've been sat next to you for a number of hours, but yeah, for the purposes of the podcast, good evening. You didn't really speak to me, though. You were too busy beavering away. Um, but we'll, we'll get on to what happened at Mill Farm very, very shortly. But we're just going to have a, uh, had a bit of a midweek special because there has been quite a few fixtures this evening across the three divisions in the National League. And uh, starting off with Stockport County, their dominance under Dave Challoner continues here now. Six points clear of Chesterfield. And they got a good win against Notts County 3-0, albeit Notts County were a bit depleted by all accounts. Yeah, I mean, it, it's perhaps not an unexpected result given the form that, that Stockport County are in. But, um, yeah... Two goals for Paddy Mann this evening and one for Ollie Crankshaw as well. Um, Notts County outside of the playoff places as well, which is um, will be concerning for them. Yeah, Halifax there, good run continues. They won 1-0 again. Pete Wildside uh, uh, doing it again. It was a goal from Luke Summerfield, 64 minutes in. And they're now level on points with Chesterfield. They've got two games in hand on Chesterfield and one on Stockport as well. So there'll be sides going. Do you know what? A bit worried about them. Yeah, I mean, it, it, look, at the very least, I think FC Halifax Town are putting themselves in a, a, a great position should it, you know, just be a playoff place and nothing else. You know, if you finish as high as you can and get yourself that home advantage. And, and you know, they're beating a Bromley this evening, who are a, a very good side. They are slipping out of contention a bit, Bromley. They're three points off the last playoff place now. Um, admittedly, a couple of games in hand, but they're, they're going through a little bit of a, a rocky spell at the moment. But yeah, no such problems for Pete Wells Halifax at the moment. Uh, Boreham Wood, a bit of an FA Cup hangover for them. They played in a North London Hertfordshire stroke, Hertfordshire stroke derby. Uh, they lost 1 0 at Barnet. Ephraim Mason Clark scoring on 13 minutes for that one. Another good result for Dean Brennan's side, but Boreham Wood just having a little wobble now. Yeah, they had a, they dropped some points just before that FA Cup game against Everton, and and um, I think Saturday they lost as well, didn't they? So they've been a couple of bit. It's it's very un Warren Wood like. It's very un Luke Garrard like. I mean, you you can't. It's difficult to underestimate the the impact of um, that FA Cup run just because of sort of like the there is naturally a bit of a down after something like that when you've been the centre of attention um, you know they're still in fifth place they're still in, in playoff contention and they've got a game in hand uh, maybe two games in hand on some of the teams there but Luke Garrard will want to make sure that they don't um, that this doesn't become a trend of dropping points yeah and the Essex derby big win for Dagenham and Redwood we ruled them out the playoffs a few weeks ago but they're quietly pushing themselves back up again they're only three points off that last playoff spot they won 3-0 away at Southend Will Atkinson on goal Gina Marais and Matt Robinson uh, with the goals there and uh, how wrong of us maybe to rule out uh, Darren McMahon's side yeah quite possibly I mean maybe there's something of a reaction from their um, FA Trophy exit at the weekend in that result tonight I mean that will be a big disappointment for Southend I have to say I think that's their first defeat in something like 13 matches Um, it perhaps puts not mathematically, but maybe puts to bed Southend's chances of a, of a playoff place, which, you know, given that fantastic run they've been on, had, had started to look an outside possibility, but it is looking as a little bit as if they've got maybe too much work to do. But, you know, Southend are moving in the right direction. Dagenham, ninth, they're still in with a chance of the playoffs. Um, and, yeah, as you say, perhaps we were a bit soon to write them off. National League North and 
two nil-nils this evening. There wasn't many goals around in the, the National League North. York and Curzon drew nil-nil, as did Spennymoor and Kidderminster. And Kidderminster, another team who've kind of hit the buffers a little bit. They do stay in third, though York stay in seventh and Spennymoor a tenth. I think out of those two games, you wouldn't have predicted nil-nil for either, would you? But it's happened. Yeah, I don't think I would. I mean, York are in, have been in tremendous form at the moment, so uh, uh, two points dropped at home. Well, it, it will feel like two points dropped given the form that they've been in, but Curzon Ashton, a very capable side. I think there's only one positive result in the, in all five played in the North this evening. There were four draws um, overall. Kidderminster, um, we kind of touched on it a bit at the weekend and said about their um, form subsequent to that FA Cup uh, defeat and, and I think a few of their fans are feeling a little bit downcast about it as well, which, you know, they've, they've still got Kidderminster have had a great season, even if it doesn't end in promotion. Um, you know, Russell Penn's got them, the, the, the club, the team, everybody moving in the right direction there, and they'll certainly be a force next season if they don't make it this. But uh, yeah, a goalless draw this evening. Spennymoor Town are in good form, so it, arguably a point away at Spennymoor is actually a pretty good result. Yeah, Kidderminster are now 13 points behind Gateshead. The other team in playoff contention have filed their level on points now with Kidderminster, albeit having to play a game more, a game we, we saw, and Telford were really good for an hour, weren't they? But in the end, filed. They just had that, that couple of extra bits of class, didn't they, full-time, which we'll hear from Paul Card in, in a minute on. And ultimately, a draw probably was just about right. I think it probably was. I have to put my um, my Telford bias aside on this way and say that a draw probably was a fair result. Um, I think you know Telford had much the better of the first half, but I think when File changed their formation slightly in the second half, James Rowe's first home game as a File manager, and, I, and one or two people around us were suggesting that perhaps it wasn't the most of positive of team selections right from the very beginning. Um, but they sacrificed a defender for Jerome Slew early in the second half through Stephen Dobby on. And ultimately, perhaps um, their, their their fitness, superior fitness, told. And, and for Telford trying to maintain those levels of concentration to hold on for a lead for the best part of an hour, they really gave it a good shot. But yeah, just couldn't hold on. But a valuable point for Telford. Yeah, there was a lot of discontent around the stadium, wasn't there? A lot of frustration uh, just around the ground in general. Yeah, it felt that, that way. And that's, that's, that's you know, a, a manager um, in his first home game at the club, that it perhaps wasn't what you'd expect or want to hear. Um, you know, expectation at Foyle is big. You know, there, there, there is money spent here with saying, you know, the... the, the the, the, the bar here and you know everybody who's been to this ground can see that there's been a lot of investment put here and they're not satisfied with anything other than, than winning and that's not a bad way to be but sometimes you do have to give you know a little bit of credit to the opposition for the way they go about things I thought Telford did um, made made life difficult for them this evening and, and yeah you know I, I, we can let's just put that down to expectation I would think but um yeah, I do think that perhaps you would have expected them to be a little bit more positive and behind a new manager in his first game in charge. 
Yeah, well, one man who's got a foot in both camps is uh, Alan Birch. He was at Fylde. Uh, he won the FA Trophy with Fylde, and then he's been recently at Telford, of course. We heard about him having to retire. I caught up with him after the game. So I'm here with a man who's got a foot in both camps, a former Fylde and former Telford defender recently, a retired Telford defender, Alan Birch. Um, first of all, Alan, com- commiserations on having to retire so young. Cheers, mate. Um, yes, yeah, still, still coming to terms with it. To be honest, um, it's not, it's not something that you can can prepare yourself for. It's, yeah, I, I knew kind of my options were whittling down um, as I went through the treatments. But you know, when it when it actually happens, it you know, it's, it's hard to deal with. Yeah, so, what is it now for you? Is it just a case of assessing your options? You have got time to think about. It. You are still young as well, and you can get into the coaching side if you want. Yeah, the be- I think the way I've got to look at it is is that you know I'm having um, I'm having a ten year head start on you know what what many clubs what many sorry many lads would um, would have you know most lads would retire at thirty five. I'm retiring at, at twenty five, so I kind of just got to use that to my advantage really. Obviously, you had uh, you were at Fylde. You've seen the club built up to what it is now. I mean, it's a fantastic facility, isn't it? And and you obviously had some good times there as well. Yeah, I think part of the most you know successful part of this the club's history. To be fair, so you know about only great memories. And you know, coming back and seeing the people here today is, um, like I say, brings back all their memories. And still, some few lads here. You know, you got Philly and Nick um, still here, and still you know still still running the show. And we've seen a, a draw here tonight. It was a, a really um, a really good performance by Telford. A draw probably just about right in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, I think five were always going to come back into it, weren't they? They you looked, I say, the cooling down down there. There's some of the players that they've got in their side now. They, they're all football league players, and I think you know with us being part time and them being full time, they they were always going to have their spell. And that second half, they kind of showed why why they are where they are. Is it a bit of a surprise, really, how poor Fylde were at times tonight? Yeah, it surprised me to be honest that they went um, they went with a back three. You know, when file teams down the years they play with you know wingers on the touchline and rolling in and fullbacks getting round. So it did surprise me that they went with a back three. But I think as soon as they changed to a back four, they looked they looked a real threat. And um, you know, they get Nick Horton on the ball and they um, they're they're trouble for any team. And obviously Telford as well. Uh... Looking really good. Uh, hopefully now it looks like they'll stay up. I mean, Paul Cardin's coming, hasn't he? Done a really good job and made some good additions. He has. He has, and you know, he's, he's been what this club needed. He's that ruthless mentality. That um, you know, he, he's been like I say that ruthless with you know what he needs. You know, he's come in, he's identified what he needed, and you know he's not beat around the bush. And you kind of you've seen that with the pick up and turn up in our form. I think you know, we could have. Could have even had more points. You look at today, you know, could we have held on? You look at Alfreton a couple of weeks ago, we're 2 0 up. Um, and we've, we've you know, gone on to lose 3 2 and Brackley 1 0 up there. So, you know, p- but positive signs. I think we've got Farty Celtic in a couple of weeks and I think yeah. that'll be it's like a six pointer, as they say. And that was Alan Birch, and then straight away up came the Telford manager, Paul Carden, and uh, we haven't had him on the pod yet, so I had a quick chat with him at full time. Paul, uh, a great draw for you up at Fylde. Yeah, it was, um, you know, and, and it'll, it'll be one of them points that's, it's a big point gained, um, but we've got to keep going, we've got to back it up, you know, we know what Fylde are about, we know they're a good side, they've obviously changed the manager, even though they're up there, um, but, you know, we've come here and we've we've put it on them from the off um, and we were the better team first half and deserved the lead um, and you know they've come out at half time probably probably had an earful off the manager um, 
and they, and they've responded to be fair. But I thought we stood strong, but unfortunately, uh, we didn't stand strong enough. Yeah, for an hour you were excellent, weren't you? Know, I think they could make the subs and bring on the firepower, couldn't they? That extra quality as well. I mean, you made some good subs as well, but they just pinned you back in the end, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Um, you know, we we in the second half, as the as the half was getting into the into the latter stages, you you just felt they were creeping further and further up the pitch and getting more more territory, you know, in and around the edge of the box. But having said that, Pilly's had one big save. It's a great save, but it's from distance, which which is what we've basically resorted them to. And um, you know, so we've, we've I've got to give the lads credit. It's a good night. It's a good point. Yeah, you know, you're disappointed, but you've got to also appreciate where you've come to and who you're playing against. The full time fitness does tell, especially in the latter stages of games. Yeah, and I've seen your Warrington teams play in the past. They're very hard to beat, aren't they? Is that that's what you're trying to do here now at Telford, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. That, that, that's like something that we've done over time, and and something that doesn't just happen overnight. You know, we've got we've got what have we got in the back four? We've got We've got four lone players in the back four there. Um, we've got a keeper that's come in three, four, five games ago. Uh, midfield is all new, you know, and the front we've only got Aussie, so it's it's a it's a brand new team that doesn't get much time to to work on things on Thursday nights. But you know, I've got to give the lads massive credit because you know the way they're taking instructions on board and and following it through. But we've got some good players. It's going to be uh, an exciting and nervous end to the season, isn't it? I hope not. <laughs> um, I hope we can get a few wins before it comes that you know squeaky bum time. But you know, I think it's going to go. It's it's going to go. You know, for another few games yet before anyone sort of steals a march. If anyone does, um, but we've got just got to keep as positive as we, as we have been and and keep keep churning away and keep working hard. And I'm 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 more than hopeful that we'll get the results. And that was Paul Card. Yeah, there was another draw, Alverton Boston. That was one one there. Uh, but I know Boston took the lead through Luke Shields, but Matt Reed equalised in the second half, and then they had Jake Wright Senior sent off towards the end of the game. The one game that did have a positive result was a massive result for Geisley against Blythe, wasn't it? And it was fair to say that Blythe were blown away by a gale. Yeah, it was James Gale. Two goals in two minutes in the first half. We got the the news of that first goal filtering through, and before we knew it, they'd added a second one. Um, Dom Tier got uh, the third goal in the second half to put them three 0 up. Um, perennial Bly Spartans um, player Rob Robbie Dale got a goal back in the 79th minute, but. Um, that's a, a big result for guys. They've got games in hand and they've made really good use of one of them there. Um, we spoke about Blythe losing some of the, the well, most of the bounce that they got under Terry Mitchell when he was first appointed. Um, and at one point when Telford were, were winning their game, it looked as if uh, Telford and Blythe were going to be level on 27 points. Blythe's still got a slight advantage over them, but their form's got to be a bit of a concern. Well, let's move on to the National League South and... Uh, Rob had a, a night out in Essex. He went to see uh, Billericay Tate on St Albans. Before all that, though, Rob caught up with St Albans fan Michael Hill before the game to get his take on the season so far. So I've come to the new lodge this evening to see uh, bottom place uh, Billericay Town against St Albans. who are in the final uh, playoff place at the moment. We're kind of at the beginning of the run-in, if you like. Um, I've very kindly been joined by uh, St Albans fans and I'm going to speak with Michael Hill 
who's been elected as the spokesman for the group. Um, Michael, you've, you've travelled here good and early, sat in the uh, in the clubhouse at, at Billericay. I've got to ask you, how do you think this season's panning out under Ian Allison, who's been your manager for a million years? I suppose, yeah. as, as ever with, um, with us, a, a season of ups and downs. Uh, we've had yeah, probably one of the best memories yeah, supporting the sort of the club with beating Forest Green Rovers at Clarence Park in front of a sellout crowd. Uh, but also, I think with that day as well, what was uh, I mean, just fantastic to see was just the ground just covered in yellow and blue. It wasn't. I say maybe some years past, where you go to an FA Cup game and you feel like you've got a few bystanders around it was I mean the whole stadium was behind the team yeah, you so wish we, more of them would come back every week don't well, you but well, equally you've got to enjoy well, those we're occasions seeing the, the, we're seeing the best crowds we've had it, 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 last on Saturday was it just under 1500 yeah. um, and our average is probably 12 1300 which again people around this table remember yeah. a few years ago it would be yeah. well, six seven hundred would be a good crowd so you picked up a few extra fans from that cup run and and would you well, think even before then we yeah. were already i think on a yeah it felt like something had clicked maybe of course impact of pandemic and mm. um i think disaffect, some disaffected premier league fans as a result of the uh, super league yeah. ideas as well um, and do they see an entertaining product on the pitch as well majority yep. of weeks when it clicks for us yeah. I think we're, yeah, we're probably one of the best footballing teams in the league and your um, striker is he the top scorer in the Sean league Sean Jeffers yeah yeah yeah, yeah, Sean yeah. he's uh, yeah, certainly the one to look out for and um, yeah can be absolutely clinical in front of the goal uh, yeah fantastic to watch but we've also Johnny Goddard another uh, great signing, I think, for us this season. It's got experience with Woking, Swindon. That is a yeah, fantastic attacking midfielder as well. And uh, yeah, on his day, classy player that probably should yeah. be playing a level higher. Yeah. Billericay, then, what do you make of them? They've obviously been bottom. A yeah. little bit of a resurgence. What did you think when you saw their score, their four-one win at Hungerford on Saturday? Did you think? That's a positive, or is that does that worry you a bit for tonight? It's a tough place to go to Hungerford. We we've experienced it ourselves over the years. It's uh, not not the best of pitches. Um, yeah, you've got to travel a distance to get there to hung- somewhere like Hungerford and yeah, come away with a four-one win. Um, yeah, you've you've got to be yeah you have some decent players there. So. Um, so- yeah, yeah. I, 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 you said at the outset was uh, yeah, been a Ricky bottom. I'd actually put that out of my mind. So yeah, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I've been reminded of it because uh, yeah, we're, we're, we've been pretty good at with um, falling on banana skins recently. So having lost one 0 on Saturday at home to Concord and uh, a few weeks before to Braintree, who were both near the bottom. But as we know as well that. Yeah, when you're at the bottom, actually, you can be some of the most difficult teams to beat. Yeah, you're Braintree really having fight, a bit... You're fighting bit, for your lives. Braintree having a bit of a resurgence, aren't oh, they? Yeah, um, yeah, on the form but, side. But probably... you might well have looked at Concord and Billericay games and thought there's a great opportunity for six yeah, points. Yeah, but then also, look, on Saturday, yeah, we, we dropped 1-0 to Concord, but I think almost everyone around us dropped points as well. Um, so... Yeah, it's um, and uh, final interesting. Qu- final question for me. You sat in that seventh playoff spot. Do you feel relatively confident that you'll finish in the top seven or are you sort of waking no. up in the middle of the night about it? Hopeful. Again, we've got the players. I, I think um, 
yeah, if we can just get things going our way, it just feels like, you know, it's the classic at the moment, we're not getting the rubber to green, something goes our way, and I think, yeah, we could, um, yeah, have that strong finish, and, and hopefully sneak into the playoffs brilliant stuff great thanks for your time I must ask you quickly before I let you go the title race itself do you think it's it's Dawkins got it sewn up or is there a bit of mileage in, left in it still yeah, is, yeah, yeah what, what was your name again Ray we're going to have to credit Ray because he, he didn't want to talk but now he's chipping in the most uh, Ray reckons Maidstone what do you reckon Mike they're definitely the dark if anyone's going to catch them Dawkins that is I think yeah Maidstone um, but you know, yeah, Dorking on Saturday was it the goalkeeper sent off in the second minute? Still yeah. win two one. Striker in goal for 88 minutes. Yeah, still win two one. So yeah, yeah gonna take some beating. Rob, uh, what are your thoughts? Really enjoyed my trip to the New Lodge. Uh, a terrific evening's entertainment, and I have to say, a Billericay winner had been coming for so long that you didn't think it would ever arrive, but uh, it did arrive in the shape of uh, Femi Akinwandi in the uh, 91st minute. Um, and it was thoroughly well-deserved, really. I think only a combination of some good blocks, poor finishing and great goalkeeping from Michael Johnson had really uh, stopped Billericay from regaining the lead in the second half, where they asked all the questions, really. Uh, terrific back-to-back wins for Ricky in... Uh, the space of four days after their brilliant 4-1 win at Hungerford and that really does close the gap now they're within a point of Welling Bath and there'll be a few teams down there nervously looking over their shoulders now a quick mention for the goals in the first half uh, Aaron Ekuma uh, heading home from a free kick out on the left that was won again by Femi Akinwanda um, and uh, uh, that was relatively late in the first half, but even later was Mitchell Weiss's equaliser for St Albans, who were a little bit disappointing for me on the night. Um, players like Johnny Goddard, who's got a lot of quality. We know he's, he's previously scored 18, 20 goals in the league above. He had a couple of decent chances on the night and uh, missed the target uh, on both occasions. Sean Jeffers, just the one real clear-cut chance that I can remember early on in the game, and he snatched at it a little bit. Um, so the top scorer in the uh, National League South, um, not really uh, looking like scoring on the evening. Well done, Billericay Town, uh, and the fight is on for survival from the National League South. So big win there for Billericay. Down at the bottom as well, we have got Welling United, who appointed Warren Feeney as boss over the last couple of days. A former Northern Ireland international, they took uh, they took the trip to Hampton and Richmond Borough, an ultimate loss by two goals to one. And all of a sudden, we're saying about Billericay, where well, Mark White mentioned it a couple of weeks uh, last week, didn't he? He said Billericay get a couple of results, they'll be right in amongst it, and, and they have. They've got six points in the last two games and now only a point behind Welling with a game in hand yeah and you can't um, underestimate the, the confidence that that will give Billericay as well you know two, two wins on the bounce it's now only a point uh, as you say and they've got a game in hand over Welling so it's absolutely game on at the bottom of that table now and you know we, we spoke about Bath City at the weekend as well and they're only four points off bottom spot now and, and that's you know going to be a big worry for Jerry Gill Tunbridge Angels on 30, uh, Chelmsford City on 31. All of a sudden, Billericay's two wins on the bounce has started to drag a lot of other teams much, much closer to them. Uh, It's too close to call, I think, over who's actually going to fill that bottom place. 
Yeah, you mentioned about Bath City there. They drew 1-1 with Slough Town. It was friend of the podcast, Scotty Davis. He scored a penalty to put Slough ahead. Alex Fletcher, he equalised late on for Bath City. So that could turn into be a valuable point because they would have been only three points ahead of Billericay had Slough ultimately got the win. Yeah, they would. Um, and as you say, you know, when, we, when you look back uh, at the end of the season... Um, that could prove to be a really, really important point. Um, you know, to, to lose at home when you know that, um, and to get into the dressing room and find out that Billy Ricky have just won their second game in a row, that doesn't do a, an awful lot of amount for, for people's morale and people's confidence. So, um, yeah, it's important they got something on the board this evening. Braintree, I know um, Tom said that he, was, he wasn't worried about Braintree and there's no need for him to be now. They're nine points clear of the bottom. They won 1-0 against Ebsfleet. A goal there from Stefan Illich. Two minutes from time. They've upset the big boys and they've, started, they've uh, stopped Ebsfleet's run as well. Run of uh, recent victories there. Uh, an incredible game down on the south coast between Eastbourne and Dorking. Dorking were 2-0 up after 12 minutes. Alfie Rutherford back in his more familiar position of striker. He put them ahead and then David Oldacre got a second goal. Charlie Kendall got a goal back on 19th on 19 minutes before a goal three minutes into the second half and Jaden Perez and a winner from Jake Elliott meant it was a fantastic turnaround for Danny Blowside, keeps them in the playoff hunt and also makes it very interesting at the top because Maidstone won by two goals to nil as well. Yeah, they're absolutely over on points now. There's two teams, both on 63. It's Dorking Wanderers, um, slightly better goal difference, which has got them in pole position, but there's only three goals between them in goal difference as well. And... Um, no, I don't think Dorking were ever romping away with it, but you know the the run they put in, um, probably starting at Christmas with that eight 0 win yeah. over Hamilton and Waterlooville, just seemed to have launched them into the stratosphere. But you know, slowly, the, all the teams behind them have started to reel in points. That form hasn't lasted for, for Dorking, even though you know they're they're still clearly a really capable side and. It's as close at the top as it is at the bottom, um, and you know, National League South is just fascinating this season. There's no truly outstanding team in there, I don't think. You know, nobody's walking away with it, but that's the way we like it. Yeah, Dartford are two-one winners against Chelmsford City as well, which keeps them in the hunt for promotion and in the playoffs. Uh, Jake Jeb and Leonard with the goal there Danny Leonard with the goal there for Dartford and also Tombridge Angels and Concord Rangers they drew 1-1 does neither side any good that result it still keeps Tombridge Angels in the mire four points clear of Billericay Chelmsford are five points clear of Billericay well that is it thank you very much for joining us for this little special that we've done for you this evening we'll be back at the weekend thanks uh, to Dickie you're very welcome it's been really good to spend the evening with you don't forget to follow us on Twitter at an L full time and subscribe as well until then have a great week and we'll see you all at the weekend <laughs>